The Bulls have three seconds to try a shot and try to win the game. This is the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Unbelievable. Coming to you from the betting deck. Don't believe what I just saw. Here are your hosts. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the next installment of the Notebook Wagering Podcast. We're coming to you live Friday night from Pittsburgh and Virginia. It's myself, Smitty, and JKM tonight. We're going to do a little roundtable discussion on week two of college football, uh, week one in the books. For myself, it was pretty awful. I'm actually going to invest in QuickBooks, and I'm going to send three people some personal invoices, uh, one Dave Doran, one Pete Medhurst and one Chip Kelly are all going to get some uh, dues that they need to refund me. Not very happy with NC State, Navy, and LSU. Other than that, I only posted one play last week, hit on Florida, money line over Utah. I know these other two fools, they did pretty well last week, so I'm going to turn it over. J-Cam from the South Hills of Pittsburgh. What do you got tonight, buddy? Well, I, I did a pretty good last week. I had six and two. Georgia State was a tough loss there. They, I think they actually won that game in South Carolina outside of the four block punts, two were for touchdowns and the two 50-yard field goals there. Um, also lost with Southern Miss, got the with the points, lost it on the money line, though. Um, but, yeah, a good start. Hit on ODU money line. I think we gave that out on the show, so that was nice for our listeners. And uh, eager to dive into week two here, some interesting uh, interconference matchups. Somebody, what do you got? Yeah, teasers were okay. Straight plays weren't good. <laughs> Straight plays were bad. But what can we do? We're going to bounce back this week. We're going to throw a lot of games out there. So I have a lot of teasers I like. I got a lot of opinions on games here. So, yeah, great. Just great week of football. So let's dive after it, boys. Yeah, so week two, we have some uh, pretty good matchups. I don't think they're quite as good as week one. And we're going to go down basically sequential order, time frame. We're going to start with noon games and wrap up with some 1030 skin and max plays with the boys here. So without further ado, let's start it off. Let's start out a 12 o'clock game. Uh, most people won't have this on their slate, but we're going to do it because we have some Penn State guys and fans. So we have Ohio University playing Penn State. These are all lines from the rivers. Uh, I have... Ohio's Ohio University getting 27 and a half over under 68 and a half. Both teams come in one and oh. Penn State had a nice opening win. Uh, they really rallied, played in a good environment out there at Purdue. Nice W out of the gate. Um, that number is a little too high for me. I know Jason probably dug into this one a little more because he's a big PSU guy. I'm going to turn it over to him. Well, yeah, it's, it's a tricky spot for Penn State. This is a nice little sandwich spot coming off the big road win against Purdue where they look great and awful at the same time, but were uh, played very well there to get out of it after some uh, questionable play calling as will be seconded by some of my cohorts here. Um, then you got the look-ahead spot to Auburn next week. So this is a nice little donut spot. Unfortunately, I don't think Ohio is up to the task. Um, this isn't the, as good of an Ohio team as we've seen in prior years. Much different team, too. Looking at the stat sheet last week in Florida Atlantic, who came to Athens and got beat, nice win for the Bobcats. But a um, little more of a passing team, not very physical, not a very good defense. I don't think it's the kind of team that's going to give Penn State problems. Uh, 
28 is a lot. If anything, I'm going to play, probably play the first half here. I think Penn State will come out, cover the first half. Second half, you could see a lot of bodies because they're going to want to stay fresh and stay uninjured for Auburn the following week. Yeah, teaser play, locked in. I'm going to give it out here. I have Ohio, plus 31 and a half. Love them. I don't think Penn State can cover this. I just don't think they're going to score enough. Now, listen, what can I do? People are going to say I bash Penn State every week. I'm going to continue that to happen here on the show. I'm matching up with Pitt. I'm going to throw the Pitt game. We're going to talk about it, but I'm going to match it right now with Pitt 12 and a half. That's the teaser play for me. Ohio's going to be okay in this game. Just, you know, there's a lot of things with this Penn State team that I question. Good win against Purdue. Clifford, question mark. I think the backup, the freshman kid's a little better than Clifford, but I'm going to go here with Ohio up to 31 and a half, and I'm going to throw it, and I'll touch on the pick game, but I'm going to match it with the pick game 12 and a half. All right. There's some plays out of the gate for everybody. Uh, let's go to the second game I have on the slate. Big SEC matchup. I know it's early in the year, but this is actually a pretty good one. Uh, South Carolina comes in 1-0 against Arkansas, number 16 in the country, 1-0. Arkansas's laying nine over under 55. So I'm a little more invested in this game. I have some tickets on Arkansas and I do like South Carolina. I like their direction. Uh, however, I was not impressed with Spencer Rattler last week. Uh, he threw two picks, one touchdown. He had a good completion percentage, but I think if he's going into a bigger environment and they're going to play number 16 in the country and uh, the quarterback always slips my name for Arkansas, Jamar or something. KJ Jefferson. KJ Jefferson. Yeah. Uh, big fan. And I know I should remember his name. That's just dumb on my part. I think Arkansas really gets this done this week. I think they're going to make a statement. This is going to get them up in the polls, prove that they're worthy of their ranking. I actually would lay the nine with Arkansas, but it's tight. That's a really good number. This is actually a perfect opportunity for Smitty to chuck out a teaser. Jason, what do you have on the Arkansas-South Carolina game? Yeah, I mean, if you told me last week South Carolina get nine at Arkansas, I probably would have grabbed the Gamecocks plus the nine, thinking this would be a close game, conference matchup and everything. Um, I'm staying away from it because Arkansas is a little dinged up. They came into that game a little dinged up and got a little further dinged up. They're another SEC team with running back uh, depth concerns. We'll get into one later. Um, but South Carolina had a horrible box score last week against Georgia State. Uh, like, I had Georgia State plus the 12 and a half. Panthers outgained the Gamecocks uh, with Spencer Rattler. Uh, they couldn't throw it, but they sure ran it pretty well. And that's one thing that Arkansas loves to do. So if you're going to take the Razorbacks here, that makes a lot of sense. It's Gamecocks up front on defense, not very good. Um, but like I said, Arkansas has lost a lot of bodies. Big emotional win last week against Cincinnati, who played really well, probably better than I thought they were going to. Um, it's a stay away. I Maybe if Carolina got up, I would think Arkansas late. But uh, I'm going to pass. I kind of – like the under here because both offenses didn't really look very dynamic last week. Yeah. I went the opposite. I gave this out on the Jick Jack spot here. I love the teaser over 47. This game, this series has gone over a lot lately. I, both teams scored in the thirties last week. Now Jason made great points. Rattler didn't look very good. Um, I think South Carolina scored two touchdowns, I think on special teams. So they're going to have to pick it up here this week, but I like this. Arkansas's defense, watching the game last week, I won on Arkansas against Cincinnati. I didn't think they looked that great. I thought they teams can move the ball on Arkansas's defense a little bit. Arkansas is going to score. 
So is South Carolina. Here we go. The over 47. I'm going to hold it off now. Maybe we'll touch this game. I gave it out quick on my last one. I'm going to hold it off this week or on this spot here with this next one. I'm going to hold it off here. But over 47 in this game, I think there's going to be points, points, points. All right, game number three on the slate. Uh, this one's a little biased for myself because I'm a big Kansas State backer. So we have Missouri playing Kansas State over under 56 and a half, and K-State is laying seven and a half. Both teams come in one and oh. Uh, both teams love to run the football. So a lot of people who don't know, uh, Deuce Vaughn, great running back for K-State. And now Missouri has a, a, a name you're going to know. Frank Gore Jr. came out and just ran through some people game one. Um, I actually like this to go under the 56 and a half. Uh, this is another perfect opportunity. I think you tease up the points and go under that one as well. If I had to make a play on this, I would actually take Missouri to cover that seven and a half. I think they might get it by the hook. JK, what do you have on Missouri and Kansas state? Yeah, I'm kind of leaning in that direction as well. Um, you know, Kansas state threw for 95 passing yards last week in a, in a cupcake, which is just, you know, that's, that's a little too low. You know, four basically four yards per attempt is just too bad. Now, they were able to run the football. They're going to be able to run the football. Missouri came out and whooped up on Louisiana Tech, a game that the score is probably a little closer than the actual game was. Um, it's, it's one of those things where you have to be a little careful with box scores this early in the season because you don't know how good the matchups are. Um, but if I'm going to pick between the two, this, I guess, was a formal rivalry, which is kind of funny because Kansas-Missouri is the one you always hear about, but why don't they have a rivalry with Kansas State, you know, American history and all that stuff. I like the Tigers at the seven and a half. I think this will be a close game because K-State plays a lot of close games. Yeah, this is a tough game. I This didn't make my card or index cards, but I'd probably do a teaser up in the Missouri way. I think this going to be a tight game. I like can't. I mean, this is one of those we talked on the NFL show about you can take a team up or a team down. I think Kansas State wins the game, but it might be smarter to take it up. So I'll go Mizzou up. All right. And just so everybody knows, we, we still don't have trends yet in college football. We're, we're basically after week zero, week one, um, some teams are still one and oh, or one, oh, and one, whatever. So we don't quite have good road splits, good home splits yet. So we probably need another week or two until we can figure out some stuff. And JCAM's spreadsheets will really hammer that in the next coming weeks. Let's go to fourth game on the slate. That's the big one out of the gate. First of all, we're questioning why this game's being played at 12 noon uh, East Coast time. That's one o'clock out here in Texas. So we have number one in the country, Bama, goes down to Austin to play the Texas Longhorns. This line is insane, in my opinion. Uh, people are actually talking on the line, through the internet, everything. This should be 30. Texas is getting 20 at home, over under 65. I'm not going to touch this. I actually think it should probably be closer to 30. I actually think Bama, scary enough, is, is going to cover the 20, which is it's just a no play by me. Uh, I, I don't know how two teams of this pedigree are so far apart right now. Texas should come out and try to prove a point. When they're going to the SEC, if these are the lines they're going to have against Bama, man, are they in a world of trouble. Jason, what do you have for the, the big one out of the gate at noon? Well, yeah, I got to agree with you in this. There's a lot of people talking themselves into Texas right now. You, any podcast you listen to about college football, people are constantly mentioning that, oh, 
Saban will take it easy on them and this and that. Well, they may not need to take it easy on them. They might get enough distance in the first half. When we did our Big 12 preview, the one thing we commented on about Texas was the way they're different than all the other good Big 12 teams is that they're not as good on the lines as the other ones are. And, you know, like I said, it showed up in bowl season when the Big 12 did well, that they had really good offensive defensive lines. Texas is kind of questionable on the both. You can't beat Bama if you're not good on the lines. Um, so the biggest thing going for Texas here, last week the pace of that game was crazily slow against Louisiana Monroe. They only ran 58 plays. In contrast, Alabama ran 72 plays in a game that they were probably running out the clock for most of the second half. That's the key to watch here is the pace of play. That's what's going to keep Texas in it if they're going to stay in it is they got to grind first downs and just grind out the clock. I, like I said, I would probably take Bama uh, late the 20 and a half. I feel pretty comfortable with that. Texas is not there yet. Um, Quinn Ewers, not there yet. You get those stats. I mean, Bijan Robinson had a nice day against Monroe. That those that will not be available this weekend. They will clearly not let him get away from them. Um, but I mean, we'll see. It'd be nice to see Texas put up a fight here and kind of get things going in the right direction as they head into the SEC. But I just don't see it Saturday. What do you see, Smitty? This is a pass. I'm going to sit back and watch this. I just I don't see. I'm going to say this, and this all I'll say. I said last week on the show I was one and one on these games. One was the Notre Dame-Ohio State game, I said, maybe first half, you look at Notre Dame. They hunt in the game. Then I said to take maybe Oregon against Georgia in the first half. Well, that was a clown show. I mean, that was a, that was a bad, that was some bad advice. I'm not saying I always give best advice on here. I give advice. I'm not saying the best. So one and one on there, what can you do? I mean, that's, that you split it. I, I'd sit back and watch this. I, I, I mean, I, I agree that I think Alabama is just, they're going to dominate this game. If you like Texas, and Jason said a lot of people on these shows are trying to say Texas. Well, I'm not taking them for the game because I think Alabama will wear them down. What would I do? I would, I would take a shot in the first quarter. I'd take a shot in the first half and see if you can sneak that one out like, you know, like Notre Dame did. And then Notre Dame hung there for a little bit. And then you saw uh, Ohio state come back and kind of take over there a little bit late. That's what I would do. This, uh, this is a no play for me. One thing to keep your eye on it. This game is close. Um, and Texas leaves it all out in the field. They've got UTSA coming in next week. The road runners look out there, take those points early and uh, don't be afraid because that's a decent football team right there. So just a little note to kind of, have that in your back pocket in case the Longhorns show up Saturday. They might just wear themselves out in time to get upset the next week. That's a great. That's a great point. That was I, great. I do have. I do have two other points. Um, people are going to see that Bryce Young had five touchdowns last week. He, he actually didn't play that well. Sixty-four um, percent completion, only one hundred ninety-five yards. He didn't need to be great. That was just a get. Get your feet wet. Get it back under you. I, I think he's actually going to play even better this week. And I won't be shocked if he dumps five touchdowns on Texas this week. And then the other talking point real quick that I think is a legit bet if it happens. If Texas jumps out of the gate, goes up 7 nothing or 10 nothing, I will pound a live bet for Bama to cover whatever points they're getting. If it, if it drops to 15 or 17, I'm, I'm putting money on that right out of the gate. All right, let's move on. Let's go to uh, a big rivalry kind of, uh, Wake Forest. Bandy. The only reason we're putting this on here, um, we're going to give Sam Hartman his props and a shout out. Welcome back. Glad you're healthy. 
Uh, Wade comes in 1-0. Vandy comes in 2-0. Can't believe I'm actually saying that. The line originally started at Vandy plus six. It is now Vandy plus 13. It might go up even more. So Wake's getting a ton of love and the over under is 65. I don't have a play on this. I just wanted to touch on it because we like Sam Hartman here. I know Smitty's a fan. Jason, do you have anything on this game? So this game's interesting from a couple of perspectives. Like you said, it was six and rightfully so. Um, Wake didn't look really good in their first outing. Vandy survived the letdown coming back from the islands against Elon, you know. But if you go by Phil Stills power ratings, which is pretty close this week when you take the difference with the point spreads, it's pretty much right on with Alabama, Texas, and uh, one of the other games we mentioned. They had he has this game as a 22 point game back when he printed his magazine. That line is at 13 right now, so th- that just tells you that Vandy has gotten some street cred here in the first two weeks. Now, granted, the opponents are kind of questionable, but obviously, something is clicking with Vegas that this line is not even higher than it is. So just interesting. That's all. Uh, I still think it's Wake can cover this just because they can outscore Vanderbilt. Uh, Vanderbilt doesn't have enough offense to stick with Wake if they get in the shootout, which they could. Um, but just something to note there for Vanderbilt for later games is about 10 points better already than they were estimated to be. So it's very interesting from that perspective. Well, I lucked out cause I drafted him and a lot of people thought I was a fool because they didn't know how long he was going to be out for. And I'll, I'll say this. I didn't think he was coming back this quick. So I look like the smartest man in the room again, which is always fantastic. I like it, but I'm usually sometimes not. But I like this game. I, You know, the upsetting spot on this, guys. So I'm going to be honest. In the notebook, I'm looking at it now. i got to move all the index cards. Jason's going to get a laugh out of that. Uh, I had Wake Forest game number one on my board at minus one. And I missed it by a couple hours because you got to go to work and you don't hear the news and things. That's why I got to quit. I got to quit and just do this all the time. So I love Wake Forest this week. And it was hard not to take it again because I was going to pass because I was like, okay, is he, you know, you have to, you didn't know what the problem was. You didn't know what he had, what was the issue. So when it came out, I was like, okay, I'm still rolling it here. So I had them. I'm going to throw it out here. And I don't know if we're going to talk about this game. So I'm going to throw who I matched it with in my teaser. I have eight. I'm going to give it out tomorrow. I have eight games. I locked in on teasers. I have Wake Forest minus five and a half. And I matched them with Air Force minus 11 and a half. That's my teaser tomorrow with that. I think I think Wake's going to be fine. I think he's going to put on a show. Vandy is not that good. And I think Air Force is really good against Colorado. We may maybe maybe Matt will throw that game out there. I'll talk about it then. But that's my my teaser there. But I like Wake Forest. I think they're gonna be great. I'm glad the guy's back. He's a great college quarterback. Makes the ACC so much better. So I'm glad he's back. All right, on to three thirty. Uh, here's one of my favorite matchups of the weekend. I think this is a tremendous game with two actually improving programs and both of them together make college football a little better. We have number four, Tennessee coming here to Pittsburgh to play number 17 Pitt, over under 64 and a half and Pitt is getting six. Both come in one and no Pitt uh, typical fashion, backyard brawl and throw down. I actually thought Pitt a little bit. Um, I think they escaped and are lucky to know. Tennessee just destroyed. Um, 
that quarterback hooker is phenomenal. I think he put his name into the Heisman trophy race. I actually said in our preseason show for the sec, look at Tennessee overs basically all year. Uh, Pitt's defense really didn't show much. I believe that one of their star defensive linemen got dinged up. So they might be a little thin on the line this week. I'm going to go with the, my play on this game is going to be over the 64 and a half. And if I had a bet it, I would probably bet Tennessee to cover the six as well. Jason. I, so I live about six miles from uh, Hinesville, sorry, Acrisure Stadium. there, And I cannot wait until about 530 on Saturday when I can hear Rocky Top floating over the, the hills of Mount Washington into my home and I can sit in my backyard and enjoy it because I think Tennessee is going to beat the ever-living heck out of Pitt. It's a terrible matchup for Pitt. It's a, a team that likes to bring pressure. They like to play the run. Quick tempo teams with explosiveness have given them problems the whole time. We remember Western Michigan went in there last year and beat them. Um, it just when you watch that backyard brawl, I know it's a rivalry game, this and that. West Virginia outrushed Pitt 190 to 76. Pitt averaged two yards a carry. But West Virginia's defense is not elite. That's a good defense, not a great defense. You know, they stuck to running the football. They couldn't run the football. They hit a huge bunch of explosive plays over the top. Uh, basically to keep them in that game. And then they had the the really lucky interception at the end to basically win it. Um, I was not really impressed with that program at all on that game. Tennessee, it looks like they're rolling. I like the quarterback. I think it's a huge advantage of Hooker over Slovis. I think you'll see it this week. I think Tennessee rolls them uh, in Acrisure Stadium. What do you got, Smitty? I love Pitt. Love them. Loved them last year. I love Tennessee too, man. I got a T-shirt, got a hat. Guess what? I don't care. Teaser play, like I already gave it out. We have Ohio up to 31 and a half. We got Pitt up to 12 and a half. This game is close, my friends. Pitt's going to hang. They're going to love it. The magic at Heinz Field or the new stadium. I don't even care what it's called. Pitt's going to hang. This one might be tight. Pitt might win this game outright. Oh, I, I know who I'll be texting about 335 when Hayden Hooker runs for 65 yards. <laughs> All right, let's go on. Let's go to another matchup. This one also 3.30, another kind of personal favorite here, but some decent squads. Uh, Washington State goes to Madison to play the number 19 Badgers of Wisconsin, over under 49, low total, and Wisconsin's laying 17. So I have a futures on Washington State, and after last weekend, I'm a little concerned. They did not look very well, and then Wisconsin – and their running back are just going to bull people over. Scary enough, I actually think I'd like this under 49 this week. And I think Wisconsin actually, <laughs> I think they cover 17, which is scary because they too cannot really score in bunches. I probably won't play either of these unless I'm maybe coming trailing from behind in these early games. But look for the under here, everybody. Uh, Jason, what do you have on Wazoo and Whiskey? I don't have a lot. Um, it's tough to come play from the West Coast and play against Wisconsin. Like, if you're not used to playing that style of football, um, and they aren't, I mean, Stanford doesn't even play that way anymore. So there's nobody really, except for maybe Oregon State, really shoving it down your throat out there. Um, I just think that's just a bad matchup. Uh, 17 and a half is a lot. And Washington State has a perfect offense to kind of cover the back door. Um, and, you know, we really don't know what we're going to get out of Wisconsin quarterback sometimes. Um, but I'm going to stay away. If I had to pick one, 
I like the under. I think that's a good play because I think Wisconsin is going to grind them to death. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's probably a no play for me. I need to see more from Wazoo before I make any um, plays on them. Smitty? Not on my card, not on the teaser card at all. Um, yeah, I have the quarterback out of Washington State, Matt. You made a great point there. They didn't throw big-time numbers up. So, Jason said traveling, it's it's a tough game. It's a tough game. This There's so many better games on the card than this one. So, what? but I always give advice. What I would do is I'd probably – I love the underplay. I think that's a smart play by you guys. I would do that. Teaser especially, take it up more points with the under. I'd probably take Wisconsin down in a teaser too. Another reason I had that card or that on the card, I want some Wisconsin listeners. That's a great fan base on Wisconsin. Let's go get on board. Oh, great, great people. Great people. Just to capture this last year, Oregon state ran for three Oh nine on Washington state. BYU ran for two thirty eight, and Oregon ran for three Oh six. So they gave up some pretty nice numbers on the ground. That's not a great day in Madison. Nope. I hope Enjoy I'm not playing that Enjoy guy. Enjoy jumping around, Cougs. <laughs> Hopefully he's all not right. – I'm not playing against him in fantasy, Jason. That's all I care about. All right, let's go to 4 o'clock. Um, we have number 25, Houston, traveling down the Lubbock, going against the Texas Tech Red Raiders, over under 62-and-a-half. And Texas Tech is laying four here. So Houston got their supreme wake-up call last week. Uh, big favorite against UTSA, Jason, one of Jason's favorite teams. Go Roadrunners. And then Texas Tech had a nice win, but they lost their quarterback. So I'm a little shocked that this line isn't maybe one or even a pick em. So I would actually lean the under here. I, I think both teams might be a little gassed after last week. Um, down there in the Texas Heat. 62 and a half, pretty high. I don't know if Houston's going to be able to dump all those points in again. And I think it took them three overtimes last week. So um, another reason we have this on our card is we love Ryan Hyatt down in Texas Tech. So, Jason, what do you have for this one? This is interesting. Like, Houston kind of really disappointed last week against UTSA. I mean, I know that's kind of a um, look-ahead spot for them. But, you know, obviously the Roadrunners were pretty good last year, pretty good off of this year, outgained Houston. The offense, I think, is the biggest question. I think that's why they're getting four here at Texas Tech because it didn't really work at all last week. UTSA, you know, it's a fun offensive team, but they're not exactly world beaters on defense. Um, Houston didn't even put up 400 yards of offense in a game that kind of went back and forth. So it's a tough spot with Texas Tech's quarterback was the quarterback from last year who came in. Apparently, he played really well once he got in. Um, yeah, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna lean Red Raiders in this one. I could probably get surprised here, but uh, Houston kind of the defense didn't look as strong as it should, and the offense didn't look good at all. So uh, give me uh, Yosemite Sam with the land of four. Yeah, Texas Tech four zero straight up against them. They beat them last year, thirty eight twenty one. Tough game though, but at Texas San Antonio, I mean, when you go in there, that's a that's a game. I mean, that's starting to get to a place that. When you take a team, I listen, I'm gonna say it. I had the Cougars last week. Well, they wanted, I mean, they wanted OT, they didn't cover the spread, but that, that's a tough place. You know, Donovan Smith, I think, is the new quarterback in. I was talking to Ryan this week, you know, or like Matt said, our good friend Ryan Hyatt, man, Mr. Texas Tech. He likes him, man. Big kid, good arm, can run. I think this could be a lot of points. I think the points could go up in this game. I think this might be a shootout in this game. 
I have them. I'm going to look right now. I'm going to, I'm a little late on this, but I have them up. I have so many teasers. I can't even keep track. I have, I have them up to plus nine. I love the Cougars tomorrow. I wrote that to Ryan. He didn't get back to me. All right. We'll reach out Maybe to Ryan. <laughs> I'm not going to give it out. I'll give it out later, but I have the Cougars up to plus nine. I think it's a tight game. I think it's a tight game. We'll, 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 reach out to Ryan and see what he's got. Maybe he's got a little inside scoop for us. All right, let's go to 7 p.m. Start to get in the later slate. We've, I think we've found the official team that's going to be the lightning rod for the notebook wagering crew, and that's Florida. So we have, so we have number 20, Kentucky, traveling down to the swamp to play number 12, Florida. Gators off that huge win against Utah. Down there, prime time, great game. Anthony Richardson really showed up, put his stamp on his uh, – their uh, Heisman ticket as well. So the over-under is 51 and a half. Florida's laying the six. I'm going to roll with Q again this week. He talked me into it. It's not that I wasn't on it, but he pushed my buttons a little bit. I'm, I already have a ticket. Florida laying the six. I know Smitty is completely different, so we'll get to him in a minute. Jason, what do you have on the Gators in Kentucky? Yeah, I think it's more. I mean, we talked a little bit about Florida. Um on the preview show and that, you know, it's still a pretty talented football team is really how fast did they adapt to Billy ball with Napier. And it looked like they're pretty much on board from the go. I mean, you know, that was a game that could win either way. Um, but it's still, I mean, they got Utah's best and they, they still beat them. Uh, obviously the weather helped them. I'm not sure what Utah thought the weather was going to be like or what they prepared for, but I never seen so many people puke or get cramps in the second quarter in a game in my life. But, um, yeah, I think Kentucky's a little bit of a fraud right now. Like, you, you look at the box score against Miami of Ohio, they got some breaks there that made it an easy cover for them. And, you know, the offensive line that has lost a lot, they're down to Cavassier Smoke and a fifth-string running back here for a Florida game. You know, Florida ran for 283 against a pretty decent Utah team. I think they're going to be able to be balanced on offense uh, this week against Kentucky. And I just can think Kentucky's offense and Will Levis won't be able to get very much done there against the Gators. Uh, six is a lot, but as long as it stays under seven, I'm good. I'll take the Gators lane to six. I haven't seen that many people puke since outside the roadhouse or rock house or whatever back in Slipper Rock when, <laughs> when Maddie went there. I don't know what was going on there. Listen, I gave out Utah. They should have beat them. I'm sorry. I'm going Florida again, or I'm going Kentucky in this game. Here's the thing. I think I was so impressed. And I couldn't believe, I'm going to say this on the air really quick. I couldn't believe that Q fell asleep in that game. I know Q works a really, you know, a tough job and everything, but that game was fantastic. I think that was one of the best games last week. If you were watching college football, that was the best game. I'm going to go Kentucky here in a teaser. I think this can be a tough spot again. I think Kentucky has faster guys. Utah to me seems slow. Not saying they're not a good team, but it just shows you again, like we've said on this show many times, that the SEC is just a lot faster. Even sometimes with Michigan, even my team, they look slow at times. I think Kentucky is going to hang in this game. They didn't play great against Murray State. I think they're going to bounce back, throw some bubble screens. I know everyone's on this. They have no running backs and all this. That Okay, that's fine. And that's fine. It, that's And that's fine. Don't worry about it. But throw quick bubble screens. You can still run the ball a little bit. Here's the thing, though. 
Kentucky's defense is going to be able to pack, like stop the pass a little bit here or there. Can they can they match up against that? The run might be good. Florida can run the ball. Richardson's a freak. Unbelievable game last week. They got great running backs and everything. Tough game to come back from such a great win last week to come back again. Get him up in a teaser. I got him at 12 and a half. I love Kentucky in a teaser this week at 12 and a half. This game is close. This game's close. And if I lose, I'm I'm off Florida. I won't bet against Florida maybe the rest of the year against Florida because I keep losing. So, but Kentucky's gonna hang in this game. Hear that, folks? There's the lightning rod. If Smith loses the bet again, he's already he's already on the Florida bandwagon. All right. <laughs> let's let's go to the 7:30 game. Uh this is for be on with them. This is for our guy, Stevie Shrimp. He's a big Stanford backer this year. So we have number 10 USC, impressive out of the gate, going down to the farm, playing Stanford. Both teams come in 1-0, and um, over under 67, and Stanford is getting 8.5. I was traveling last week, so I didn't get to watch as many games. I listened on the radio, just not kind of the same thing. So I didn't see how tuned in USC was. From the sounds of it, it sounded like Caleb Williams did pretty well. And I know he's surrounded by supreme talent. Ad, I believe he hooked up with Addison for a touchdown. I can't touch this yet. I'm going to re- reach out to Stevie Shrimp, see what he's got on this one. I'll let these two cats break it down. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Like, I like this a lot better when it was 10 and a half at the beginning of the week. I think it's down to eight now as we speak. That's too, that's too low. Um, I think people have this impression that, that the Stanford team is like those old David Shaw teams where they were just really tough and physical on both sides of the football. And they haven't been that. We get on that on the, the broadcast. Like they throw the football now. They don't, they can't run it anymore. They couldn't run it last week. Um, so, you know, people think it's going to be like explosiveness for explosiveness. I don't think that's the case. They might be able to hang for a half, but I think USC will eventually outscore them. Now that's going to be the issue though, is that USC's defense did not look much better at all, if at all. Um, the rice was able to control the ball a little bit. Rice is going to be terrible this year. Um, so I don't have a lot of faith in USC defense at this point, unless it's going to come together later in the year. Uh, this is a no play for me, but if I had to take someone, if this line comes down any further off at eight, I think I would take the Trojans here. Um, this Stanford team, like I said, we think it's going to be better than it was last year, but it's not going to show in the record book. And well, I think this is one of those games where this will be, obviously they beat USC last year, but that wasn't the same USC team that they're going to play on Saturday. Way too much talent on offense. So I think the Trojans out for them. Yeah, there's a lot of points. And I love the USC team total last week. And I mean, I look like a genius, but here's the thing. They played Rice. A lot of teams can score a lot of points against Rice. I like this under. I gave it in a teaser. I gave it on the Jick Jack spot here. I'm matching up with, like I said, the I had the over South Carolina game. I'm matching this 72 and a half under with this game. Here's the thing with this. Stanford scored a lot last week. It was against Colgate. Okay. We could have scored a lot of points against Colgate. USC played Rice. Well, again, I'm not impressed there. I mean, I think this could be. But here's the thing. Stanford to win this game. A lot of people like Stanford in this game to cover the spread. If you tease it up, I kind of like it too. Shaw's going to have to play this a little bit slower. Get Smith, Emmett Smith's kid running the ball a little bit. Kick some field goals, punt a little bit, do field position. I like this game 72 and a half under in a teaser. 
I love this. It is not, that's a lot of points, man. That's a lot of points. It ain't happening in this game. It's gonna go under. I gave it out on the Jick Jack spot. It's gonna go under 72 and a half on a teaser. Awesome. All right. This one's for us and for fun. Uh eight o'clock game. Hawaii coming to the mainland, 0-2, traveling up to Ann Arbor to play number four Michigan 1-0. The line. Hawaii is getting 52. Largest point spread in Michigan football history, over under 66 and a half. I, I, I can't touch this. I know these guys have a stat, so I'm going to let them touch, uh, break it down. But can I, I can't imagine a game being basically 59 to 7, and you're still only at 66 points. And you, and you get an under, which is crazy. Jason, there's a crazy 50-point stat. I know you have it, or Smitty has it. Let's hear it. Well, I have over the 50-point stat. I don't have it off the top of my head, but I think that 50-point teams cover almost, I think, exclusively. Like, I'm trying to remember, if you go back, some of them went outright, which is crazy. I know uh, – wait, no, it's not outright. But um, it, I think the last two times this happened, they both covered um, and actually fairly easily. And I forget what the number is. It's like 75% or something like that that they cover. I don't know. This is tough. I mean, Vanderbilt ran all over Hawaii, and Michigan will run up a far better than Vanderbilt. I Here's the thing, though. Usually in these kind of games, you kind of look ahead to the next game and say, well, Michigan doesn't want to get them hurt for X or whatever, right? Well, that's not the case. This, this non-conference schedule is so easy. Like, they need to get the work in, and they're trying to still figure out which quarterback is going to be the lead dog. Um, there's no real incentive for Michigan to lay out the gas at all. Oh, I, I can't do it. I can't take it. I, I maybe would take it under just because it's 60 to nothing. Maybe the final score, <laughs> but uh, it's a no play for me. Well, Maddie, this is our team. So, I mean, we'll be watching this and JJ McCarthy gets the start tomorrow. So, Hey, listen, I I've been a big guy that says take the, double quarterback and you do but this kid is special man he can throw he can run he's very fast makes michigan's offense so much better but man like jason said this is a lot of points i mean this is just crazy i mean a, a fumble and hawaii gets the ball down could this go i'm not touching this i mean i'm gonna watch it because it's 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 my team but this is no play i michigan's gonna throw a lot of points on they're gonna get some guys out i think and just kind of but like their, their schedule is bad. I'm going to say that as a Michigan fan. Their schedule is really bad. But you know what I wish we had? I wish we did this on camera because when you brought this game up, Jason's body language was the best I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so he couldn't believe you were bringing this game up. I love it. You got to get those guys healthy. Michigan rules, but I don't know if they cover. But Jason, great body movement, buddy. You made my night. Oh, yeah, I can keep them healthy for UConn coming in next week. <laughs> but turkey foot the, turkey the and i'm gonna throw turkey foot because anybody back in my hometown or well, maybe even you guys you might remember that high school turkey foot i don't think it's there anymore but that's what it is man it is a bad it's a bad schedule you know what I'm even if you don't know turkey foot if you hear a high school's name turkey foot you immediately assume that is not a good football program like this <laughs> were they the turkeys I, I have no clue. It's oh. it's a joke that it's a joke that we do. That used to be a high school's name, man. It was Turkey Foot. I need to know the mascot for Turkey Foot. We're gonna have to ask Dr. Brett. Oh, we gotta dive into that. Put that on the put that on the uh, 
sticky notes for us next week. All right, let's go to our late night Skinamax plays here. 10-15 super matchup. And one I'm really looking forward to that I can sit on the couch, maybe even fall asleep to late night. 10-15, number nine Baylor travels to BYU to face number 21, uh, the Cougars. Over under 53, BYU is laying two and a half. Uh, both teams come in one and oh, both good wins week one. I'm a big uh, Dave Aranda fan for Baylor. Uh, I love the way he coaches. I love the way he has them disciplined. They have really solid play across the board, good in the trenches. BYU has lost two of their wide receivers this week. We still don't know if they're officially out. We think they are. Uh, I actually think that could be the difference. Um, I made a small play on this, a little bit of pizza money. I took Baylor money line to win outright. Late night, I think this is going to be a great game and a tight game, and hopefully one that gets me riled up, and then I'll be even up later for the next game. Jason, what do you have for Baylor BYU? So this probably this is probably Smitty's sticky note, but I think there's some kind of key injuries in this game, right? Smitty, you mentioned I think what is it? Both wide receivers for Baylor are out, right? That's huge in this game because BYU has played these really tough non-conference schedules, and one of the reasons they've been able to get through them and actually look pretty good is that they're pretty good on the lines. They're not as good on the lines as Baylor is. So, you know, while Baylor's kind of still figuring out the skill position parts of this, this is still a really solid football team coming into Provo. Um, BYU is going to have to do as much home cooking as possible here without the skill talent. Um, I think this is a very low scoring game. I like kind of like the under in this one because I think this is going to be a, a street fight. Um, I like Baylor with the two and a half. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see where that line goes by the time game time kicks around. I can see this in the, the low ones at that point. But uh, yeah, give me the Bears. I like the money line play. I think that makes a lot of sense. I just, like I said, I think two good solid football teams, but BYU is missing key guys and it, it, guys that they don't really have replacements for. Yeah, I didn't dive into this guys a lot, but with, with the news breaking with those wide receivers, that's, and this is a tough game. I mean, when teams go into BYU, I mean, the elevation and everything like that, yeah, I mean, you can throw that in and, but when you start losing these guys, I know Matt has the one wide receiver in his one fantasy, and I have him in another league that we're in. And, I mean, he had a great start, and then he got knocked out of that game. That's tough. And this, I think Jason said a good point here. I think the under is a good play here. I like Baylor also. I think Baylor is going to be tough to beat. It could be a dog fight, but I think the best play in this is the under. I think this can be run the ball, run the ball. Baylor's very tough on defense. I think that's the best play here. I mean, look at a teaser play. If you like teasers in college, take it up. If not, money line or I'd take Baylor in this game. No play for me yet. I'm going to look into it, but I, I, those are those are smart plays. All right, let's get to last game on the sheet, and then we'll do a little roundtable quickfire discussion. 10.30, late night. Uh, 1-0 Oregon State traveling to 1-0 Fresno State, over under 60. I wrote this game down at about 8 o'clock. It's now 9, it's probably 10 o'clock right on the nose. Uh, this game went from a plus one to a pick em already in the span of an hour, hour and a half. I really like Oregon State. However, I really like Fresno State's skill talent with Hayner, quarterback. They have great wide receivers. I, I hate to see it because I have a ticket on Oregon State's over win total for the season. I actually think Fresno gets this done at home as a pick -em. I think this is another great game late. Should be actually decent scoring. I think uh, Fresno is probably going to get to 
the 35 mark point wise. And hopefully Oregon State can hang with them. But give me uh, give me the Bulldogs to go to two and zero, Jason. Yeah, I mean, I think you're seeing that action on Fresno because the Beavers are much different away from Corvallis than when they are. And they're in their home state of Oregon. They're feisty, and you don't want to ever go in there and play them. But when you get them outside, and, and this is an important game for them because they recruit Northern California and Central California where Fresno is. They need to have a good performance here to kind of pull some kids out of there. But they just don't really play all that well. Uh, I'm kind of looking at Fresno's run defense because you need to be able to bring – uh, your guys and they're missing two of their starting defensive linemen from last year they were pretty good against the run last year it all starts at Oregon State with the running game if you can shut them down you can shut down their offense because it all keys off of that um, yeah I think it's gonna be a real interesting game I think it's too close to call um, probably a sneaky over because that's kind of how these games go it seems like especially late night Pac-12 after dark uh, I probably would play that I probably would go over 60 I don't think either defense is phenomenal, and I do think there's some offensive talent in this game. So, yeah, if Fresno can stop the run, they can definitely win this one, but I like the total better. Money line, Fresno. I'm going to play it. I love it. I think they're going to beat the, the Beavers. Awesome. All right. That was my 13 games. Here's what we're going to do. I know you guys have a couple other games you wanted to touch on. I might throw out one more quick talking point then. Uh, so let's start with Jason. I know you had a couple others that you wanted to dive into real quick. Yeah, we'll just do some quick hits here. Uh, I like, even though I like West Virginia, I thought they really showed well in the backyard brawl. Kansas coming in, getting two touchdowns in Mountaineer. Six o'clock kickoff, which I think helps WVU. If this is a noon kickoff, I'd really be worried about them losing an upset here. But uh, I like the first half, plus seven and a half for the Jayhawks. I actually think that'll be – West Virginia is going to get a bit of a scare coming off an emotional letdown and losing that game in Pittsburgh. Um, looking at some of the other ones, I like the under in Virginia, Illinois. I think Illinois is going to run the ball all day in that one. Um, and then little Big East basketball matchup here that I'm going to bring up. Syracuse and Connecticut, even though I don't think either one's actually in the Big East at this point. Um, give me the Huskies plus 23 and a half at home against the Q's coming off a, a shock the world upset of Louisville. That football team's not that good. I don't know what the heck happened on Saturday, but uh, give me the Huskies plus all the points. Um, they look a lot better. And then I'll take Oklahoma State at home, laying 11 and a half against Arizona State. Oklahoma State's defense looked a little suspect, but it was the corners and the wide receivers that Central Michigan suddenly has. Um, Arizona State does not have the weapons on the outside. They've all transferred away. I don't think they'll be able to do the same things that uh, Central Michigan was able to do. Give me the Cowboys laying 11 and a half. Smitty, what do you have? Yeah, I'm going to throw out some of my teasers here. I'm locked in on these. Uh, Northwestern minus four. I think Duke, you know, I won with Duke last week. I really like Northwestern coming off, you know, a bye week, like more or less. I think they're going to be fine. I'm matching them up with Virginia plus ten and a half. I think Virginia is going to hang in that game. I think that's going to be a great game. I like the underplay in that, too, because I think Illinois will run the ball a little bit on that. I'm going to go with Kentucky. I gave that out plus 12. I'm matching that with Tulsa at home minus a half. The Cougars out of Houston, I'm matching them up to plus nine. I'm going back to BC. BC let us down last week, man. Jeez, Louise, man. Had the game against Rutgers and they blew it. I'm matching Houston up to plus nine and BC up to eight and a half. Wake Forest minus five and a half. Air Force minus 11 and a half. There's another teaser. Ohio against Penn State. I know I love my Penn State lines here. Ohio, 31 and a half. Pitt, 12 and a half. Man, Pitt 
Money line. Let's go, everybody. Pit tomorrow. Can't wait. We're going there. Games I gave out um, on the Jick Jack show, man, or a little minute there. Over 47 and a half, Arkansas, South Carolina, matching it up with USC, Stanford, under 72 and a half. Notre Dame, 14 and a half. I think they roll. Man, they're going to. They're going to pound some points on Marshall tomorrow, man. They're going to put some points on Marshall. I'm matching that up with Oklahoma State. Minus five. I love that. Central Michigan plus one. Matching up with Cal. Minus seven against UNLV. A lot of teasers. I know I'm going to give them out, man, but I love. And also, take Army money line tomorrow. Texas San Antonio. I know I bragged them up, but Army's going to upset them tomorrow. All right. Last, last point for me. Anyone out there who loves a horrendous offensive matchup, rock fight, punch each other in the face, break a couple teeth out, Iowa, laying three and a half against Iowa State. For anyone who didn't watch last week, Iowa won their game seven to three, I believe, two safeties and a field goal. What kind of offense is going on for the Hawkeyes? That is awful. Over under tomorrow is 40 for a big time rivalry. That's actually turning into the army Navy game where it just can't get any lower. I, I mean, I think I'm going to bet the under, I think I'm going to bet the under 40 on that game tomorrow. Iowa money line. Jason, anything Iowa on that one? I actually don't. I love when Jason laughs. I love when Jason laughs. When I, I watched the Iowa State, the South Dakota state. I had South Dakota state plus, 12 and a half. I did too. It, it was I, that funny was because was it was funny because, or it was 10 and a half. Sorry. It was funny because at one point you realize, wow, this is an insurmountable lead. Like, I cannot make 10 and a half. I mean, and they took out South Dakota State's like best offensive player on the first series of the game. I mean, that's brutal football. That's the four o'clock game. If you had a few two libations a little early, you need a nap to get through the later schedule. That's the game to turn on your TV and enjoy yourself. Money but line, I do like line, I do like guys. Army and Navy, like Smitty said. I think both academies bounce back. I know Navy's probably off the board for you, Maddie, but I actually like them in that matchup. They outgained Delaware last week. They had three turnovers. They never turned the ball over. I think they'll be okay this week. Hey, Maddie, real quick, can I throw this out? I jumped on this tonight. Louisville plus 11 and a half, and they're up 17-14 right now. I gave that out. I put it on Twitter. Right now they're up 17-14. I gave it at plus 11 and a half. So looking good. Good segue for us to wrap it up. So check us out on Spotify at Notebook Wagering. Check out our Twitter handles. We have at, at Notebook Wagering there as well. At Smitty Bucks, at Notebook Wagering JCAM. I am at if you follow Matt. Hit us up with questions. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear people break apart Smitty's teasers maybe criticize Jason's stats or just us as a whole. We even love a little couple of haters. Uh, haters are good. So hit us up. Let us know how we're doing. And like we always say when we finish the show, bang your bookies, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. And be sure to follow at Notebook Wagering. Until next time.